Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we look at the New World Order and Bible Prophecy with Jan Markell, and Pastor Larry answers a question about Satan. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. As we begin a brand new week together, I want to say thank you to everyone who has become a faithful friend. It's so encouraging to know that individuals and families are joining alongside us with monthly financial support. We need your help today. Would you please consider partnering with us by giving a monthly gift and becoming a faithful friend of Watchmen on the Wall? Call 1-800-652-1144 today and learn about the exciting benefits of becoming a faithful friend. 1-800-652-1144 or click on the Faithful Friends section of our website to get all the details. SWRC.com and click on Faithful Friends. Popular author and conference speaker Jan Markell joins James Collins now to look at the implementation of the Antichrist system, the New World Order, in Bible prophecy. Jan Markell is a Christian broadcasting pioneer. In the year 2000, Jan launched her radio program, Understanding the Times, on a station in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Today, Understanding the Times Radio is now heard on over 850 stations across America. Jan is a bold defender of the faith, and she is not afraid to call out heresy. And I'm very excited to speak with her today about the New World Order in Bible Prophecy. Jan, I've followed your ministry for years. Thank you for taking the time to be on the program with me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. I've followed Southwest Radio for a lot of years. You have a fascinating testimony. Would you share that story? How did you come to know Jesus Christ? We'd have to go back to age 11 when neighbors brought me to an evangelistic meeting in Minneapolis. And the speaker was Dr. Hyman Appleman, a quite noted Jewish evangelist in those days. I believe he may have passed on in the 60s or the 70s. But as an 11-year-old, pretty much unchurched, Dr. Appleman spoke to my heart that day, and I knew I needed to respond to the gospel, and I did. And my goodness, even at age 11, my my life was turned upside down. Then subsequently, as a teenager, got into a wonderful Baptist church that taught all the topics that you and I as ministry leaders are covering on a daily basis. And I'm so grateful for that kind of a background. Well, I also understand that, like many of us, you were influenced by Hal Lindsey and his book, The Late Great Planet Earth. How did that book and a trip to Israel influence your ministry? Yeah, and that was when I was in my 20s. Somebody handed me a Late Great Planet Earth, and suddenly so many things made sense to me after reading that book. And that was followed almost immediately by a trip to Israel. And, oh my goodness, was that an eye-opener as far as helping me to understand the times, understand the Bible, understand Israel's prominent role, past, present, and future. Those two experiences, back-to-back, were life-changing, both the book and the trip to Israel. So, you know, as I look back, I mean, this was all God's hand on my life. It's amazing how from before the beginning of time, He planned our lives out for us, and it's just so interesting to watch them play out, you know, chapter by chapter, in the book of life. Jen, over the years, you've been a staunch advocate of Israel and the Jewish people. Why is it so important for Christians to support Israel? 
for one thing, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was Jewish, but the Bible is Jewish. I maintain Christianity is Jewish. And I believe we need to be heeding some of the biblical warnings in the Bible about how a nation or a ministry or an individual or a church or a denomination treats the nation of Israel because according to Genesis 12:3, those who bless her will be blessed, those who curse her will be cursed. And even political administrations, how they would treat God's covenant land because then that nation is going to be blessed or cursed as well. I just believe we need to follow the Bible, and the Bible clearly points to Israel as the epicenter of all that will be prominent in the last days. And I think your ministry and mine would shout a hearty amen that we are in the last days. So I think we have to keep an eye on God's timepiece, and Israel would be the clock, Jerusalem would be the minute hand, and the Temple Mount would be the second hand. Wow, I love that analogy. Well, let's talk about this DVD that you have produced titled Hidden in Plain View, The New World Order in Bible Prophecy. Now, isn't the term New World Order a code for a one-world government? Absolutely. And the New World Order or a one-world government has been pursued really since Nimrod and really since Tower of Babel. So it goes back that far. And following Babel and Babylon, certain institutions, certain organizations rose to prominence to further this movement towards one-worldism. And there are so many. We can't even get into them all. But we go from the Freemasons to the Rosicrucians to the Rothschild family. And I'm not being conspiratorial to say that. The Rothschilds themselves talked openly about global government, as did the Illuminati. And again, I'm not conspiratorial here. The Illuminati talked about a new world order. This would have been in the 1700s. And then you come up to the Rockefeller Empire in the late 1800s that sort of modernized this whole movement, followed by, my goodness, there are so many again, the Council on Foreign Relations, the League of Nations, the United Nations, Agenda 2030, United Nations Sustainable Development, the Bilderbergers, the Club of Rome, the Trilateral Commission. My goodness, again, we could go on and on. The role of George Herbert Walker Bush when he proclaimed that there's coming a new world order. So again, is it a conspiracy to talk about this? If so, then we have to talk about a conspiracy, but it's a conspiracy laid out in the Bible, Revelation 13. Well, I remember George H.W. Bush using the term New World Order back in 1991, as you said. But in your presentation, that's, I mean, that's the first time I remember hearing that term. In your presentation, and you just reminded us that globalism actually began in ancient Babylon. So was Nimrod, was he really the first globalist? Yes, I would have to say Nimrod was the first globalist, and that goes back to Babel. And they built a tower, and they built a tower to hopefully protect themselves from any other flood that might come along. But Nimrod was very demonic, and he had the idea for, well, I think the question is, well, what did God think about this? I mean, he spoke pretty firmly that he wasn't really wild about the idea. He scattered people, and then he confused the languages, and I believe that was God's judgment on the first idea about global government. 
So then, in a sense, Satan has been trying to build Antichrist's kingdom for 5,000 years, right? Absolutely. And they're going to succeed, but for a very short time. They're going to succeed in the tribulation. That will be the new world order of the pagan world, will be the tribulation. And again, you know, how is that working out for you folks? Not very well. So it's a very short new world order, but since going all the way back to Babel, and then all those organizations that I mentioned a moment ago, that's what they're pushing for. They're pushing for what's going to amount to the seven-year tribulation period. That'll be their new world order with the Antichrist in charge, with the church gone, enjoying heaven. And it will be a time, and we can't get into all the seals, bowls, etc., but it will be a time of hell on earth. And so, again, I say to these guys who think that they're planning a utopia, once they get into this tribulation and it starts playing out, again, how's that working out for you guys who think that you are smarter than God and that you can do what God did in forming what's going to amount to his new world order, which, of course, will be the millennium followed by the new heavens and new earth. Jan, in the DVD, you explain some of the tools that Satan has used to build his new world order. What are some of those tools? So here would be what I would say would be the tools, let's call it the tools of Satan, but they're the tools of the globalists. And when we talk about globalists, they are satanic, so it's really one and the same. But I list the tools of Satan and the globalists would be secret societies, communism and socialism, Dozens of organizations such as the United Nations, and then I named some a few minutes ago, the International Banking Order, the Open Borders Crowd, the Christian Front Groups, the media, education outfits, and last but not least, the Deep State. And, you know, we've heard talk about the Deep State now for the last five to ten years, even though the Deep State's been around forever in Washington, D.C., But I think we've seen in the last probably 10 years the evil of this political Washington-based deep state like we've never seen it before. And that's because the globalists are running it. The globalists are steering some of our political leaders. We don't have to get into necessarily naming them, but they're heavily on the left. But we should not think that those on the right are not participating as well because there's big money involved here. So, But those would be the tools of Satan or the globalists. Again, secret societies, the UN, the international banking conglomerates, the open borders, Christian front groups, media, education outfits, deep state. It's a lot of evil. And you know what? I feel badly when I give this presentation because I feel like I'm doing nothing but talking about evil. But in the end, God triumphs over every one of these conspirators, and that's what we should focus on. You said there are two things in the way of Satan's new world order, America and Christianity. Would you elaborate on that statement? Well, the globalists have been trying for 5,000 years to create a new world order with their evil participants in command of it all. And I think that God has allowed two institutions to come along and so far blocked them. And obviously, number one would be Christianity, because as believers, we're never going to stand for a satanic one-world system. And thankfully, God takes the church to heaven when this 
conspiracy does play out, that would be known as the Tribulation Daniel 70th week or the time of Jacob's trouble. But the other one standing in the way would be America. And if I can refer at least to one president, he's certainly not a perfect person, but Donald Trump stood up to the globalists and he said, I'm not one of you. And the reason I'm not one of you is I'm an America first guy. I'm an America first president. So in spite of Donald Trump's problems and some of his personal problems, you have to give him credit for being an America first guy because we have had presidents on both sides of the aisle, Republican and Democrat, who went along and continue to go along with this one world gimmick, this one world scheme. Certainly Barack Obama is an example of that, but for that matter, George Herbert Walker Bush went along with all of this. So this isn't a Democrat or a Republican-only issue. It's a bipartisan issue. Jan, if the two things in the way of Satan's new world order are America and Christianity, don't you think that the rapture will take care of both of those things, giving Satan free reign to bring in his new world order? I think that should be an encouraging statement that you just made, because, indeed, the rapture is going to remove all Christians, true believers, not just people who go to church, but those who are truly you know, saved. But it's going to completely neutralize America, I think. It's going to neutralize countries that are Bible-based. And in my mind, there's only one nation on earth that is Bible-based, and that would be America. Now we can say, well, what about Israel? Well, yes, to a certain extent. There are some religious Jews in Israel, for sure, but they're not honoring Jesus at this point in time. They certainly will towards the end of the tribulation. So right now, it's America and Christianity standing in the way. The rapture is going to remove all believers, and it's going to throw America into a tailspin that is almost unthinkable. And everyone has someone in their life that they're talking to and witnessing to and who may be skeptical of the things we're talking about. But in the twinkling of an eye, these people are going to be reminded that what we said about the rapture is absolutely true, and it happened in their lifetime. And some of their loved ones will be gone, but they will have been left behind. Jen, I'd love to hear your thoughts about COVID-19. Wasn't COVID a gift to these globalists? The globalists need a crisis. And they need a crisis to install their one-world system. They need a crisis to get people to believe that their ways are good, that their one-world efforts are good. They can't do anything without people living in fear. So whether or not this was a, if I can use the word, a pandemic, or whether or not this was just something that escaped from a lab in Wuhan, or both, perhaps, The fact of the matter is it provided the perfect crisis for the globalists to grab onto because it put fear in the heart of the people within 200 nations. And you stop to think about that for a minute. We've had other crises, World War I, World War II, but that did not involve 200 nations. A pandemic that began in March of 2020 was the brilliant move, and again, whether it was orchestrated or not, we may never know, but it was the brilliant move that got people fearful and willing to listen to anybody who said, we can make you safe. 
I'm James Collins, and I'm visiting today with Jan Markell about her DVD, Hidden in Plain View, The New World Order in Bible Prophecy. This is an eye-opening presentation. Jan Markell tells you who are the key players behind the New World Order, and she reveals their evil ideology. You can order your copy of Hidden in Plain View, The New World Order in Bible Prophecy right now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Next time, we'll talk about some of the people and some of the organizations that are working to bring in this New World Order, and hopefully I'll get you to name some names. Jan, thanks for a great interview. I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you, James. More insight into the New World Order and Bible prophecy with Jan Markell next time. Jan Markell's powerful presentation, Hidden in Plain View, the New World Order and Bible Prophecy, is now available on DVD. In this DVD, Jan Markell shows how all human efforts are leading to the rapture of the church, from secret societies to the banking industry, from the billionaire cabals to the entertainment industry, the world is preparing for a one-world scheme that will end in failure. In this dynamic conference presentation, Jan Markell exposes the names behind the New World Order. Make sure you order In Plain View by Jan Markell when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144 or order online, swrc.com. Outreach and evangelism to others is an important responsibility of the Christian. Pastor Larry, how does Satan hinder outreach and evangelism? God yearns for the salvation of people all over the world. He has a heart of mercy and love. 1 John 5.19 says, The whole world lieth in wickedness. Yet it is that same wicked world that God loves. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that world that lies in wickedness, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is a beautiful Bible truth. In the Great Commission, Jesus commanded that his disciples traverse the world to make disciples of all nations. In Acts, we read that he empowered his church to be faithful to this Great Commission by sending the Holy Spirit. The Spirit would provide the power for outreach. The Spirit would provide divine leadership and would help men and women get the gospel out to a lost and dying world. So this is clearly God's will. Evangelism, outreach, missions, and bringing into the fold the lost. Now, of course, this is God's will, but Satan's will is just the opposite. Satan doesn't like this great commission, and Satan is really unhappy with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He wants to hinder people from getting saved. He wants to populate hell with as many lost souls as possible. And so, in fact, the temptations of Jesus, Satan tried to divert Jesus from his mission on earth. Peter loved Jesus very much. 
But on one occasion, as Jesus called him, Satan. You remember when Peter tried to persuade Jesus not to go to the cross, Jesus responded in Matthew 16, 23 with sharp words, Get thee behind me, Satan! Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. Now, Peter was acting like someone who did not know what was going on. Thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. Jesus is saying to Peter, you don't understand God's plan. You're acting like a mere confused mortal. You are trying to hinder me from going to the cross and dying for the sins of the world. So that is a satanic plan. So how does Satan go about sucking souls into hell? Satan uses people, misguided people, who mean well, but who do not know what they are doing. A good example is in 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul, along with Timothy and Silas, came to Thessalonica. A small church was quickly formed, but then, because of the opposition from some of the local people, Paul had to leave quickly. He was very unhappy about that because he wanted to continue his ministry in Thessalonica and was very, very concerned for the new converts. They needed help. They were just baby Christians. They needed to be discipled in the faith, but Satan got in the way of Paul's good intentions. It appears that Jews in the area were causing the church many problems. And so in 1 Thessalonians 2.15, Paul writes about the Jews who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, and they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. Now, Paul is not anti-Semitic. How could he be? He was himself Jewish and had a love for the Jewish people, just as Jesus was Jewish and was Israel's Messiah. But just as Jews opposed Jesus, so were Jews opposing Paul and his ministry. So in 1 Thessalonians 2.17, we read, But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Paul and his fellow laborers in ministry were separated from the saints in Thessalonica, but their hearts were with the church, even though they were not physically present. Wherefore, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 2.18, Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Notice that. The power of Satan is clearly revealed right here. We see his ability to prevent Paul from returning to minister and strengthen his recent converts at Thessalonica. There are some folks who believe that Satan is now bound and that we are in some kind of a present-day millennium, but this scripture and others like it would certainly argue against that theory. It's just a theory. It's a bad theory. No doubt some Christians ascribe too much power to Satan, and that is certainly wrong. They often find him hiding under every rock and 
crouching behind every tree. Satan is not God, but friends, 1 Peter 5.8 says that Satan is on the hunt for hapless souls, seeking those whom he may devour. In a similar vein, Ephesians 6.12 warns us to be on the alert and be ready for a battle For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, says Paul, take unto you the whole armor of God. Let's try to put all of this into proper perspective. The Bible teaches that Satan is a defeated foe. Colossians 2.15 says, And having spoiled or disarmed principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, that is, in the cross. But the question then arises, if Satan has been disarmed, how come he is still doing so much damage? How can a defeated foe cause such havoc in the world? An example of how this can happen comes from the Holocaust Museum in Israel. There's an exhibit that is very revealing and illustrates this very issue. How can a defeated foe cause so much trouble and difficulty? In World War II, the German military, the Nazis, tried to move on Moscow, But the Russians were fighting for their own country. And the winters in Russia are bitter cold. So the Germans were pushed back. They were defeated. However, as they pulled back, as they defeated army, they were killing Jews along the way. So they would burn Jewish farms and machine gun farmers, their families, and their livestock. So the Holocaust Museum in Israel has an exhibit of this great tragedy. It was a terrible tragedy, a tragedy that produced misery, mayhem, suffering, and death, all being brought upon the Jews by a defeated army. So that's why we can speak of Satan as a defeated foe, but that does not mean we are in the millennium. It doesn't mean that at all. Satan is defeated, but certainly not bound. So, friends, we do face Satan, whose great goal is to hinder and thwart the proclamation of the gospel to all nations. Some nations today are in such confusion and turmoil that evangelism and church planting is virtually impossible. But Matthew 24, 14 reminds us that, quote, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Satan will seek to oppose us. He has a variety of weapons. Sometimes even people close to us do his bidding, yet we can live in resurrection power. The church has been gifted with the Holy Spirit, and we have our marching orders. Praise the Lord. Let's follow and obey those marching orders. Today in our Resource Center, we are featuring two items from Jan Markell, the DVD, Hidden in Plain View, The New World Order in Bible Prophecy, and the book entitled Deceivers, Exposing Evil Seducers and Their Last Day's Deception. 
Make sure you order both of these outstanding items when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144 or order them online, swrc.com. Remember, when you purchase a book or DVD, you're supporting the work and outreach of Watchmen on the Wall. Thank you. Tomorrow, Jan Markell will return with more details of the New World Order in Bible Prophecy. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.